Welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. So what's good, y'all? Last week, we didn't have an episode, so let's see. What have I been up to? Uh, This weekend, I had a race here in Charlotte. This is my, what is this, my fourth race in Charlotte, I think, so far. Uh, We ran down by the Bank of America Stadium. Um, It was pretty cool. I, I actually have a good time running in Charlotte because... I see, you know, me only being here a year, you know, I see all these different restaurants I want to try and scenery um, that uh, I'm still getting used to. So it's pretty cool. Jamar, a friend of the show, he actually joined me on this race and we ran together. So that was really cool just to have a little bonding or whatever. Um, I was really excited about that. Uh, Haven't really been up to much. Um, I do have some stuff that I'm cooking up. Um, I'm going to tell you about it a little later in the year. But um, I had some really exciting news that I'm really excited about, um, making some life changes. And, uh, you know, the thing about change is that it's a scary thing, but it's an exciting thing. Uh, So I'm just seeing her getting my mind around uh, some of my uh, upcoming changes. And, um, you know, I've been spending a lot of time just trying to uh, get back into working out and getting out the house and getting air and not being so um, you know, uh, recluse in a sense. I feel like with COVID it's kind of made me a little, a little awkward at times. I feel like I do get out the house, but I've been pretty, I'm pretty selective on where I go and what I do. Um, and so, uh, you know, just trying to get back into or creating a new normal for myself. So that's really what I've been spending time doing. Um, let's see, been getting a lot of reading done. Uh, I recorded earlier on third chamber pod. Uh, definitely check that out. But, we talked about um, what I've been reading and I, and I share with them that uh, I just finished this book called Don't Cry For Me by Daniel Black. And it's about a uh, a father who's dying and he's basically uh, writing a letter to his gay son, like making amends for his life and his childhood and the things that he did wrong that he's realizing now in his um, his old age that, you know, he wish he could go back and change. And so it's basically a letter to him, um, you know, like kind of like an apology or explanation for some of his behaviors. And it's amazing, you know. And so basically one part of the book that stuck out to me that I loved and anything about, you know, my grandma and some of the older generation on how they loved. And, you know, I was telling one of my friends, a friend of Shomara, that, you know, with my grandmother, Like, I knew that she loved us, like, with the way that she treated us and, like, she cooked for us and, you know, things like that. But she wasn't really very demonstrative in love, like, as far as, uh, you know, emotional. You know, she didn't tell us that she loved us. She didn't hug us and things like that. And, you know, when she was dying, you know, her last couple of years, I started, I started, like, basically getting into when I left her off the phone, telling her that I loved her. And, you know, making her say it back or whatever, because we had never done it before. You know, we never uh, share love like that. And then when I would go see her, you know, I would make sure to give her a hug and things like that. Um, And that was kind of like different from when I was a child. But it was something that I thought was important to, you know, let her know, like, you know, it's okay to show love in that way. And so when I was reading this book, um, the father was basically saying that like his dad, um, his granddad, he was raised by his granddad, like, you know, didn't, you know, didn't show love in that way. And basically the way he showed love was he was teaching them to be, to survive, you know, and he was just saying like in that time, you know, and they were like sharecroppers, 
you know, you, you didn't have time to ask your kids how they were doing and if they were okay. You you know, all you were focused on was how you're going to feed them and how are they going to be able to survive in the world. And so he was like, you know, that carried over to him and his son. Like, you know, he didn't think that a man, you know, it was appropriate to be hugging and kissing your child and all that because he more so was trying to focus on raising him as a man and him being a good man. And so it was just, it was, it was really good. And it, and it was just like, it just made me think about just, you know, generational trauma, you know, especially in the black community and how that can carry down from generation to generation and ideologies. Um, and so, you know, with that, um, you know, he was basically telling his son, like, be better than me, you know, do life different. Um, nothing was wrong with you. It was all me. So it was a really great book. So definitely check that out. But other than that, y'all, I've been chilling. I don't have much for the deep dive. I think I'm going to just kind of talk about a little bit of TV I've been watching and then we'll go into the thought of the week. So first let's just go into the mantra of the day. Today's mantra, I am awakening to my highest potential. Uh, I like that one because I think it's important to speak over your life. Um, and speak over for the things that you want to see accomplished. And so just giving yourself a reminder, you know, that, uh, you can do it and you should be pushing yourself to the highest potential. And even if it's bumps in the road, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to accomplish that. You got to just keep going and keep shooting for the stars. All right. So let's just roll into the deep dive. All right. So today I don't have much for the deep dive. I did want to talk about one thing though, and that's about, uh, the situation that's developing about, uh, with, uh, Brittany Griner. So if you don't know who she is, she's, uh, what is she? Six, nine center. She might be six, eight for the Phoenix Mercury, uh, WBA team. And she was playing for a team in Russia. Um, and then we know what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and them being, um, you know, at war. So, all the WNBA players have been trying to get back into the United States. Um, what What's weird is and interesting is that I've been looking through Twitter and a lot of people have been questioning, like, well, why was she there to begin with? And I think what people don't realize is the WNBA players here, their max deals might be 325. I think Brittany Griner's, I think she signed a 285,000 deal. Um, you know, they don't make a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of money in theory, but I'm saying not in comparison to the male counterparts. So they go overseas in the off season and you get paid a lot more overseas. So she might be getting paid like over a million to play over there. So that's why they go overseas to play. So let's first clear that up. Cause I'm not sure why people are confused on that. So a lot of them were over, a lot of them go overseas during the off season and they come back and then they play, um, in the WBA in the summer. So she, this is another thing that I find to be weird about it, but just to tell you what happened first. Um, she was going through customs. She had a vape pen. They said it was a hashes oil. Uh, and I guess that's kind of like, um, weed maybe. I'm not sure what hash is. Like people tell me I should know, but I, I, I mean, I, I'm not in the drug culture, so I don't really know. Um, and so I'm guessing it was like a, it was a vape pen though. So what I thought was weird was that when they first posted the, uh, the headline, it was like that she was arrested for a drug trafficking. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, you know, before I read it and it seems like it was just, um, a vape pen, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, and she's been playing in Russia for about three seasons now. So I don't know if it's because we have this, you know, this, this war going on and, um, I don't know. It's really scary that she is, she's been in, 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 you know, like in, in jail, I guess, or whatever, um, uh, for 
quite a few for quite a bit of time like a few weeks now so another thing i thought was odd was that when the headlines came out it seemed like the WBA or i don't know if they just found out about it or um why they're just now talking about it now because apparently she got detained in february and we're in march and i know we're not that far in march but i'm not sure how long that she's been detained so that's kind of scary so um i've been seeing a push saying like you know let's try to get her home things like that because i i don't think that it was um it seemed like it was just a vape pen. And honestly, I mean, we see in the United States, obviously that, you know, we have, uh, weed, um, is legal in a lot of States, you know, you see the THC and CBD and all of that. So, um, you know, these athletes are using that. I don't know to the extent, cause they didn't really say like what exactly she had. So I'm speaking a little in ignorance, um, but that's all they said, which is that it, it was a hashish oil. It seems like um, she might be getting caught up a little bit in politics. I'm not really sure, but uh, it's pretty scary, though. And and I'm not really sure from my understanding. I mean, I'm sure the family may know her whereabouts or where she is, but I'm not even sure if people have talked to her or not. Um, so I've been monitoring it just to see what exactly is going on, because, I mean, that's really scary. And to not be able to come home, that's uh, that's really scary. So, you know, I just want to just, you know, uh, put my thoughts out there and just hopefully they work to to get Brittany Griner home. You know, she's a Olympian, WBA champion. And I think it's crazy that she's been held um, in Russia. Uh, so if you haven't been paying attention to that, definitely, you know, follow that and um you know, uh, and you know, just thoughts to her, man. Cause that, when I saw that, I was like, yo, what in the world is going on? Because they were like drug trafficking. And when I think about drug trafficking, I'm thinking like you really pushing like some weight or something like where it's something really crazy going on. Then they said it was a vape pen. And I'm like, what is happening here? I don't, I don't understand. But, and, and I mean, and it could be, a, it could be a mistake that she made. I don't know, but I wouldn't want to be detained in a, in a country uh, and I definitely wouldn't want to be detained in Russia. So, um, especially not right now in general. Um, so yeah, so my thoughts to that. So now let's just talk a little bit of TV. I'm going to give some spoiler alerts. If you haven't watched, um, euphoria, that's what I'm about to talk about. So I don't know if, um, I told you guys that I started watching euphoria. I think I did. I think I talked about it last week with Chris. Um, so, okay. I, I got all the way up into episode four of season two. And then I'm like, okay, I got to take a break because I get super anxious watching shows. My anxiety be out of this world. Euphoria, I just have my nerves like just on pause and I just, I have to take breaks. So I didn't want to take too long of a break because I knew the finale had came on and I didn't want it to be ruined, you know, with people telling me what happened. So, okay, the, <laughs> so let's talk about season two. I was listening to some podcasts in regards to euphoria and um it was some hot takes that I didn't think about so when I finished the season I was like yo you know Rue still owe for the suitcase of drugs like she never repaid that so do you know that when I was listening to something and let's just talk about this theory they had a theory so they were like that when the lady gave Rue the liquid morphine and she was like trying to get out the house they basically was like, did they think that the woman knew that she didn't have the money and they were like, they were, they think that, that she was going to try to sell Rue 
into like sex trafficking or something. And I didn't even think about that. And I'm like, cause I kept trying to figure out like, why did she jump out the window? Like, why didn't she just um, leave the house? But maybe, you know, maybe she couldn't, I don't know. Um, so that had my nerve shot. I was heartbroken with the finale, but let me say this though, that play that Lexi put on was fucking phenomenal. I'm sitting here like, what kind of budget did that school have to where you can put on a play like that? Cause that play was just, wow. It was crazy. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. And, uh, when Cassie got up on that stage and show her ass like that, I was like, yo, what in the world? That thing had me like my mouth was just on the floor the whole entire finale. That finale was so good. And I saw a lot of people like they felt away, but my favorite characters on the show is Ashtray and, and, uh, Fez. And so I was, uh, I was really, you know, upset about that, but I felt like it was no way around it kind of cause you know, if, if Fez would have taken a rap for Ashtray and Ashtray, we forget that he's still a kid, you know, he basically would have been like in foster care or something. So I don't know. Um, I thought it was really good writing. I'm curious to know, uh, I don't know if y'all know, but euphoria is like shot. Um, it's not shot like how most shows are shot and it's like kind of like shot on film. So it takes a really long time for them to, uh, shoot the show. And so I don't think it comes back for another like two years. And I just wonder, um, would they still be in high school or cause I mean, Rude just turned 18 or was about to turn 18. So is it going to be them after high school? Like, are they going to, um, jump for some, I don't know. I think that would be appropriate. I think, what do y'all think? Um, what else have I been watching? You know, I think that's really kind of it. I've really been into watching, um, women's basketball. Uh, I've, uh, been watching, um, South Carolina, you know, I'm a huge fan of Don Staley. So I've been following that. I'm recording a day after the game and they lost in the SEC tournament. So I'm a little heartbroken right now, but, um, I, I love March Madness and I love watching basketball all day. So I'm looking forward to, um, the game starting to show. I think selection Sunday is next week. And so I'm excited for the tournament to start. And, uh, yeah. So I think that's it. I don't think, I don't think I have any more TV talk. So let's just um, jump into the thought of the week. This week, I've had some things, you know, just on my mind. And uh, today I want to talk a little bit about acceptance and how we can struggle with that and what that looks like. So let's just jump into the thought of the week. So for the thought of the week this week, I wanted to talk about acceptance. When I looked up the definition of acceptance, it says acceptance in human psychology is a person's assent to the reality of a situation, recognizing the process or condition, often a negative or uncomfortable situation without attempting to change it or protest it. I wanted to talk about acceptance because I think that as people, as simple as it sounds, accepting things. That's actually something that I think a lot of people struggle with. When I sat and thought about myself um, and examples of how I had to accept things, I think that started changing maybe my late 20s. So when I was younger, you know, there was things that was going on or things that I didn't like or things that I felt that I was wrong um, by. And I couldn't accept the reality of the situation. I would just either make excuses for the person or I would 
always question, well, why is this happening? Why did this happen? Well, why would they do that? You know, it's like, it's almost like when you have that friend that is in say a bad relationship and you, you keep, they call you, you keep giving advice and you're like, yo, I don't get it. And then you kind of get to a point where you just have to accept that maybe your friend just might be a little, you know, lost in the sauce and they just going to just, you know, continue to be in this relationship. So you kind of just got to accept, you know, the situation because you can't change it. And it's no point in draining yourself, trying to protest it, you know, or trying to change somebody that clearly don't want to be changed or their, or their thoughts don't want to be changed. Um, I think for me, you know, acceptance to me in present day is something that it kind of goes in line with my boundaries. Um, it's really important to me and it's not easy, right? Um, I have situations where I don't necessarily like them, but I get to the point that I just accept them or I accept the person for who they are. And I don't try to change it or go out of my way in regards to certain things, because, you know, I think the person is who they are and you have to sometimes just accept that things are the way they are, especially if it's situations or people, you, you know, you can't control what people do. You can only control yourself. And so I kind of have to do mantras around that and remind myself, like, because I am one of those people that when I love you, like I'm going to do whatever I can, um, to make you happy or wherever I can to, you know, just be there for you. But in the same breath of that, like I've had to learn to accept things. And because at the end of the day, it was causing me harm. Right. So I feel like when things are causing you harm, you know, and affecting you in a negative way, then you have to start changing the mindset of, even if you care about a person, like changing the mindset of, you know, how much you're going to allow that person to, um, basically make you unhappy in a sense, you know, cause that's what it is. And I think when I sit and think about that, I always think about acceptance, you know, um, putting yourself first, you know, choosing yourself because sometimes you have to accept things. Um, you know, I can talk briefly about, uh, just when I've been hurt in the past by people, I, it's a process, right. That I had to go through and I still sometimes have to go through it. Like I talk about it in therapy and kind of, uh, go through, um, you know, my channels on what, you know, what I need to do for my mind to be at a certain place in regards to them. And so when I've been hurt in the past, um, I've had moments where I was sitting and just ask myself why. And I think the why is what really used to like have me really fucked up back in the day, because that's what I used to be stuck on, you know, or wanting that person to give me a reason. Right. And half the time, especially in like breakups or something like that, like half the time, you don't always get a reason as to why a person either did what they did or why this might be coming to an end. You wish sometimes that you do. Like I wish ideally in every situation when there's some kind of breakdown that you have the maturity to have conversations as to why this maybe went the way that it went. Right. But you don't always get that, you know? So then you have to kind of formulate your own why, you know, and accept that, you might not always get an apology or explanation, but you have to, you know, accept that this is what it is. I think what helps me with acceptance in present day, you know, at me being in my late thirties is that I try to treat everybody with kindness. You know, I try to give you that, you know, I feel like in this day and age, um, 
if somebody asks you about me, it would probably be that I'm kind, you know, and then that I give and I'm, I'm honest. And I pride myself on that. I pride myself on being honest and just, uh, you know, being kind. But it helps me in accepting things because if I know that I have been honest and I know that I have given, you know, 100% to a situation and things might not necessarily go the way I would like or things are going in a way that I don't like, well, then I just accept that things are the way they are. And I don't mull it over anymore because if I know for me that I know that I, you know, haven't done anything in essence, or, you know, I know that I'm leading with kindness. And for me, if it, if especially came to a relationship, if something was going wrong in a relationship, I definitely would ask and try to talk about it, you know, and not just assume that like, oh, I'm just perfect because I'm not, you know, but if, but if I ask and I know, and you know, I'm doing all the things that you're, that you're saying that, um, you know, you like that you don't want done or something like that. And I know that I'm doing the work, then it's easy to accept that things just are the way they are. And I just leave it alone. Like I try to have as much less stress as possible. I mean, I'm thankful that I'm surrounded by people who, um, you know, kind of accept me for me. They kind of know my quirks and, uh, you know, um, I don't really have any real issues as far as communication, but for times that, you know, you might have someone in your life that do have trouble with communication, stop trying to fix the shit, you know, relationships is two foes, right? So if you sit and you give and, you know, you're open, then that person should be, you know, open and honest with you as well. And if they, and if they care enough about the relationship and you're saying that maybe even behaviors they're doing is hurtful to you, then if they care enough about you, they'll try to change it. Right. And change is not a instant thing, but you can do stuff towards change. And and that's how I look at it. So I feel like, you know, if I've been telling you for two years, Hey, like, I don't like when you do X, Y, and Z and you continue to do it, then now I have to accept that you really don't give a shit about you know, what I'm saying, or you're just incapable of doing what I'm asking you to do. And so now I have the choice of the levels of how I'm going to deal with you. And that's usually my, to be honest, that's usually my thought process with people, you know, because for me in the, you know, um, on the flip side of that, if somebody tell me, Mika, you know, when you do this, this hurts me, especially if somebody I care about, I would definitely do whatever to fix whatever they're saying that I'm doing that's hurtful because clearly it's not my intent to be hurtful. Right. So I want you to take a moment, you know, with this conversation and just think about things that you feel like, where have you struggled, you know, in acceptance, right? I think where we struggle the most with acceptance is with people that we really care about. Cause sometimes you don't want to accept that somebody just might be a bad person, <laughs> right? Or they might just be somebody that, Maybe you shouldn't be dating, you know? Um, and sometimes you have to accept that sometimes people fall short and that might just be who they are, like who they innately are, right? And I think once you do, once you have acceptance of something, that's when, you know, now you got the choice of how you want to deal. And that's how I look at acceptance. And that's how I walk into my relationships. Because I have some relationships where I put up boundaries, like it's certain things I know that I'm just not going to get from this person. And, you know, what, and so now I have to figure out what level you're going to be, you know, in my life. And then I have some where I feel like, I don't know if I want you in my life at all, you know? 
I accept you for who you are, but I don't know if I want that type of energy in my life. And so, you know, I think it's important to think about acceptance. I I th- I also believe that it's actually an area that we don't think that much about. Like we don't actually put the the word to what it is, like just acceptance, you know? We don't really think about it that much. And I think if you actually sit and take time to actually think about acceptance, it probably would make you feel a lot better because it goes into so many different areas. It can go into your self-worth. You know, how much shit are you going to accept, you know, at the detriment of you? You know, it can go into communication, how you're building relationships with people and your boundaries and, and hard limits that you set with people, soft limits you may set with people and how you want to, and how you want to be, um, you know, in the world and who you want to have around you. So this is a quick thought of the week, but acceptance is something that's been on my mind, I think for the past couple of weeks, I just kind of wanted to, you know, share that, um, and I, and I implore you just to think about things that maybe you've had to accept. I think that when I got to the point of stop trying stop feeling sorry for things that may have happened to me or upset at people for doing things to me, but accepting that this happened, you know, this might've happened because of this, you know, um, it made me happier as a person because you kind of let some of the hurt go from the person because sometimes people just don't have the tools truly to show up the way that you want them to show up. They just don't have it. And as much as you might want somebody to have any, and it's picture it's crystal clear to you. Some things is not always crystal clear to that per, the next person. So that's just something to just, you know, kind of think about. Um, and that's all I have for the thought of the week this week. Uh, share your thoughts with me online on what you think about acceptance. What are some things in your life that you think that you struggle with accepting and why is that? And what can you do to, try to walk more into just accepting things for the way they are. Um, so pretty soon I'm going to have a guest on. I'm really excited about it. I'm going to have a few guests coming. Uh, it's going to be some pretty dope, uh, dope episodes. Uh, don't forget to follow the show, uh, rate the show. Um, it's really important. I always appreciate your support. Um, I have been slacking a little bit. Sometimes I miss a few weeks. So just hang in there with me. Um, I had to get through some things to kind of get back to my normal self. I've been super busy, but, uh, you know, the show comes on every Monday. You can follow it, um, on every streaming platform, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, wherever you prefer to stream your shows, make sure you check it out. Make sure you follow for episode updates. You can also follow me online on IG is at, it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. On Twitter, it's IJMT Podcast. And if you ever want to be part of the show or have any questions, it's IJMT Podcast at gmail.com. Like always, I thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here, and I appreciate you.